There are five Sundays in March, which is really handy. So what we are doing as the Equippus Church is in the UK, and there's four of us right now. Um, we are decided that we're going to talk about the values that we have as a church, because we have five values in the Equippus Church. And it's this whole idea of what are the things that we're going to make important to us so that we think like that, speak like that, and act like that, because we've got vision. And as we add the values, the way we're going to do church, the way we're going to do life, it creates a culture. Do you understand what culture is? Culture is what happens when you don't think about it. You know, so, so you know, you all, some of you will be from different nations, and every nation will have its culture. It's gone on for generations, and so you step into it. It's just what you do. It might be great, it might be terrible, but nevertheless, it exists. Culture exists. But what the values do is allow us to say, this is how we're going to talk, this is how we're going to think, this is what we're going to make important, and it creates a culture. And what the culture does, it gives us a vehicle to walk towards seeing our vision happen. And we want to see cultures to change, don't we? You want to see your friends, family, colleagues, neighbours and everyone meet Jesus, don't you? And so what it does is it gives us a vehicle to see that thing happen. I believe that actually Equippers Church is changing the globe and you'll see some of that a little bit later. We're part of this. And so it's important that we understand what the values are because they're going to help us get there. You got it? We want to be a church that brings heaven to earth, don't we? Do you know, I don't know if you ever... Picture what heaven might be like, and it's a it's a out there concept, isn't it? But it says there's no tears in heaven. You know there are tears all around us, but when people are getting healed and made whole, it's amazing there's more laughter than tears. Don't we want that kind of church that's bringing a taste of heaven to earth right now? We want to be a church that blesses people. We want to be a church that helps and encourages each other, but then look beyond ourselves to help others. So that they get a taste of what Jesus looks like. We want to create spaces for God to touch lives. That's why we're doing the Alpha course. That's why we meet on a Sunday. We're creating spaces for God to step in. We want to be a church where people are growing and maturing in their faith. That at the end of this year, you'll be far more like Jesus than you were at the start because we grow together. So many great concepts about how we want to be as a church. But in order to do that, we need some values to work towards. And we need to discuss that so we're on the same page. Our values, uh, you can bring that screen up, our values are wrapped up in the acronym HEART. So we're calling this month Heartbeats uh, because that's just easy to say. <laughs> the acronym HEART, it looks like this. H is for honour. Turn to the person next to you and say honour. E is for excellence. Turn to the other side of you and say excellence. A is for advancements. Just say it to yourself now because it's getting awkward. <laughs> A is for advancement. R is for reaching out. And T is for together. They are the five things we're going to look at this coming month. Honour, excellence, advancement, reaching out, together. Making the word heart. These are our values. So today I'm going to start with honour. And I think prop, you could argue that honour is the most important one. If we nail this one, the other things will flow. And I want to encourage you with it. There's a, there's a key verse that I want to home in on first to create a platform. And it's this one here in 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 30. And it says this. Therefore, the Lord, uh, Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, far be it from me, for those who honour me, I will honour. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. So those who honour me, I will honour. 
But those who don't will be lightly esteemed. And the key with the word lightly there is when you understand what the word honor is. The word honor is a Hebrew word, kabed. Kabed. And it actually means weight. So the idea here in this context is that honor is what you put weight to. So God is saying, those who put weight behind what's important to me, I will put my weight behind what's important to them. And who wants the idea of all of heaven getting behind you? Who wants the idea of almighty God, creator of the heavens and the universe, saying, you're important to me, you give me weight, so I'm going to give you weight. And the opposite of being heavy is being light. So if I'm not heavy and weighty to you, you will be light to me. You will be lightly esteemed. Can you see why the word light, therefore, is quite important? So the, the word honor is actually more linked with what you give weight to in your life. What's important to you? What's weighty to you? Are you grasping it? Yeah. And there's a, I'm going to show you a, a video clip in a moment, but there's a guy called Eric Lidl. And he ran in the 1924 Olympics. Do you remember that one, Robin? And I'm, <laughs> sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. <laughs> he ran in the 1924 Olympics. I've lost the crowd now. <laughs> he ran in the 1924 Olympics. And, uh... Hello? <laughs> <laughs> he was a 100 metres runner and he was the superstar of his time. He was, you know... The Usain Bolt of his time. He was an English man. He was the fastest. Everyone wanted to see him run. Imagine buying tickets to the Olympics because you wanted to see Usain Bolt run and then find out Usain Bolt wasn't running. You'd be disappointed. And the, the situation happened that in, in the 1924 Olympics, the final of the 100 metres was going to be run on a Sunday. And he was a Christian man. And he said, I won't run. And the reason I won't run is because honouring God is weighty to me. So I'm, I'm honouring my God. I'd rather honour my God than honour my running gift. And he refused to run. True story, this. And, and so he, he wouldn't run. But because of the general public and because of the feeling of the, the English athletics team, they said, we've got to have this man on the track. We've got to, he's got to run. It's Eric Liddell, for crying out loud. So he trained to run in the 400 metres. He was a 100 metres runner, but he trained to run in the 400 metres. And have you ever seen the film Chariots of Fire? Give me a wave. If you haven't seen it, can I recommend it? It's an old school film, and it's about seven hours long. <laughs> but it's a great film. And it's about a Christian guy who honours God, and it's a true story. I'm going to show you about a two-minute clip of a key moment near the end. Uh, it will speak for itself. Can we play the clip, please, Andy? It was definitely a longer clip than that. You can't wait to go and watch it now, can you? Can we get the sound up if we can get it back? Whack it up so we can hear it. Is it going to happen? Yay. Turn it up. It says in the old book, he that honours me... I will honor. Good luck, Jackson Shores.
does the power come from to see the race to its end from within? God made me for a purpose. But he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. good true story what happened at the beginning there was the american coach at the start went up to him and gave him that note this man who had chosen not to run his preferred event in the olympics because he honored god he said those who honor god god will honor you'd need to know that prior to that he'd trained as best as he could to do the 400 meters he knew he was going to have to run that race and his best time previously was 49.6 seconds in the final, he ran 47.6 seconds and set a world record. And I, there's the preach right there, isn't it? You know, when you put God first, the weight of heaven gets behind you and you start being able to do what you couldn't do on your own. And when he honoured God, God says, this is my man. On a world stage, he's honoured me. Now we're going to make him go a little bit faster. How about apply that to your life? You know, I don't know what it is, whether you're a business person, whether you're a parent, whether you're a student. I don't know what it is, but I know this. When you honour God, suddenly he goes, I can get behind that. And do you see how important honour is? If we can nail honour in the church, if we can nail honour in the place of education, if we can nail honour in the home, if we can nail honour in a marriage, if we can nail honour in relationships, life just gets better. So we need to be men and women of honour. Are you getting it? You can look at honour in two different categories. The first one would be, how do we honour God? The second one would be, how do we honour people? Even if you look at the Ten Commandments, you can put them into those two categories. The first four are about how we treat God. The next six are about how we treat people. And so there's this whole concept of when you decide actually that there aren't any other gods I'm interested in, there is one and only one true God and I give him my life. What are you saying? You're saying it is important to me, it is weighty to me that you're my God. It's honor. Can you see that? When you're saying to yourself, do you know what? There is a day in the week I am making sure I rest. Who knows the Sabbath is actually for you? Who doesn't like a rest? And God set it up that one day a week we have to rest. That's what he wanted. And when you take that rest and we gather to worship God on that day, when you take that, you're saying it's important to me. I'm giving it weight. You're honoring what God set out is the best way to do life. So it's actually, you can look at it through the, ends of, the, the lens of honor. Are you with me? What about 
if I was to break into your home, sneaky Pastor Roberts, and steal your family heirlooms, both of them, <laughs> would there be any honour in me? What I'm really saying is, I don't give two hoots about your life, your experience of life, and how this act is going to affect you. It's just about me. I need the money. So I'm going to break into your life, steal some stuff, and it makes me actually act out that you are lightly esteemed in my life. I don't really care. There's no honour. But when you say to yourself, I'm not going to lie, I'm going to be truthful. When you say to yourself, I won't steal. When you say to yourself, I'm not going to murder. What you're really saying is, those people carry weight in my life. I honour them. And so when you look at the, the Ten Commandments and you can look at them through the lens of honour, you can see it's about honouring God and about honouring people. And God says, when you honour me, I will honour you. And I love my God because he always gives us options. He doesn't, he's not a dictator. He loves us full stop. But he gives us choice. And so we get a choice to say each day, I'm going to honour you. And when he, we do that, we give him the opportunity to respond in honour and life gets exciting. When Jesus was asked the question, what's the greatest commandment, what did he say? Love God with all your heart and love people. You can look at that through the lens of honour. When you honour God, he's important to you. When you honour people, they're important to you. It's not just about you. And this lens of honour becomes so, so important. I know that Bethel Church... Probably the most famous church on the planet for walking in miracles. Are you familiar with Bethel Church? Give me a wave if you know Bethel Church, Bill Johnson, that. If you're not, check them out. They've seen amazing, amazing, amazing miracles in their life. And when you read their books on how they've come to this place, they say this. For more than 10 years now, we've worked at a culture of honour. And we believe that heaven can respond to a culture of honour. So we honour each other. We honour our guests. We honour the children. We honour the older people. And we do it together. But when we get together, we honour the presence of God. And when we honour the presence of God in, a, in within a culture of honour, heaven shows up and we bring heaven to earth and amazing things happen. All linked with honour. Because you might say it's all linked with faith. And at one level it is, because without faith we can't please God, and without faith you can't press into the things that are not natural to us. But they say, the people who are living this lifestyle say, it starts with honour. So don't we want to be people who understand and walk out a life of honour? What's weighty to you, and will you live like it's weighty to you? Do you get it? Uh, when we honour uh, what's important to God... Um, it's linked with our thoughts, it's linked with our words, it's linked with our actions, and it promotes a God-based lifestyle. And you know what? It's good that you're here. Because I know one thing that is hugely important to God is church. And so for every single one of you, you could have all stayed at home today. You could have turned over and had another couple of hours kip, because I'm sure you could all do with that, quite frankly. But no, 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 you made a choice. You made a choice to say, being together with the church family is important to me. It carries weight. It's honour. Do you know what got you here this morning? Honour. Honour got you here. It was important to you because it would have been easy not to come. But you are saying to God, what's important to you is important to me, so I'm going to be there. God gets behind that. You can expect heaven to be moving in your life when you keep making choices like that because he says so. Those who honour me, I will honour 
Jesus in Matthew 16 says this, I will build my church. I will build my church and the gates of hell cannot stand against it. You know, when I look at the word salvation, it's talking about a process where we get free from the things that hold us. On one hand, it's a moment in time when you decide to invite Jesus into your world and you're saved. On another level, it's continually getting away from the things that are habits to you and difficult times to you and things that are holding you back. That's salvation. All of hell and everything linked with that wants to do the opposite of that. Wants to bind you up, wants to tie you up, wants to ruin your life, wants to tear you down. But Jesus says, I will build my church and hell can't stand against it. So therefore, the church is the answer, according to Jesus, to everything that's going to bind you up and hurt you and hold you back and ruin your life. Which is why it's so good that we have honor here and we make it important because we're the answer. You're the answer. It's you. Tell the person next to you say, it's definitely you. In Ephesians 3, we read Paul writing. He says, I will reveal my manifest wisdom through the church. See, suddenly we're becoming quite important people. You don't realize it yet, but suddenly, actually, you're an important person on this planet. In Luke 13, Jesus primarily talking of Israel, he says, I long to gather you. But we believe, don't we, as the church, that we get grafted into the, to God's family. So when Jesus is saying that, he's now saying it about us. I long to gather you. So for us to stay away from the gathering is making it light. But it was important to Jesus. In Hebrews 10, it says, don't stop. Don't forsake the gathering like some do. Keep getting together. It's important. So the fact you got out of here means that's weighty to you. It's honor. What got you here is honor. And when there's honor in the church, God's going to get his weight behind it and says, those things you can't do, I can do, and I'm going to use you to do it. Do we want to be that kind of church? And can you see now why honor is so, so important that we get it? Let's make important to us what's important to God. And let's make what's important to that person sat next to you important to you. So that there's honor in all directions here and life happens. You know, I want to be a church where in the difficult times we pick each other up. That you having a difficult time carries weight with me. I'm tired of you having a difficult time. I'm going to stand with you and go, come on, we can do this together. Because when you get isolated, it's just more difficult. But gathering together never allows you to be isolated. And we share life. You know, I want to be the church that creates such an environment where people who are unchurched or don't know Jesus come here and go, this is just, I love it here. I want to come again. Because we honor God and we honor people. And that's a great environment to be in. I love the fact that, and I think it's a strength of ours, this whole idea of looking beyond ourselves with generosity. Uh, You may or may not know that we support um, four different charities. Uh, We support Beacon House. Uh, which is the homeless charity, which is right under our, under our building, two floors down. And um, they make it their business to serve all the homeless community in our town. There's a nurse there. There's a barber there. They've got showers there. They do them a hot meal every single day. They give them... It's not just about holding them where they are. It's about helping them to get to the next stage. And one of the reasons a lot of these homeless people can't apply for housing or a job is because they've got no fixed address. So the first question on any form to fill in is, where do you live? And they can't answer that, so they can't fill in the form. And so they're stuck. But Beacon House say, use our address as your fixed address. And it helped, you see? Such a great thing. Now, many of you guys give and, and tithe to the church. So as a church, we tithe. 
And we give our tithe to three different places, and one of them is Beacon House. So just by belonging to this church, you might not realize it, but you're making a difference to the homeless community. So give yourselves a clap. <laughs> what drives that is honor. I just sometimes, you know, I've had a few late meals over the Christmas period in, in particular, and it was very, very late and, and cold. And we're walking home, and uh, the, you see the guys and the girls sat out there, and it's just like, wow. You know, I can't just fix it just like that, but you know what? I can become part of a church that gives to these people, that allows Beacon House to function and help them. And what I can't do on my own, we can do together, and it's driven by honour. We support uh, IJM Ministry, which is International Justice Mission, and they go around the world to places where there's no justice, and, and children in particular, and in particular young girls, are sex trafficked. And there's 30 million, I think it is right now, that are being trafficked around the world. And it's worse than it's ever been. But these guys are lawyers and they go into the places and they legally get them free and then legally prosecute the perpetrators. So by being here, we are contributing to that and there are people around the world getting free from their awful life because of honour. What's happening to them carries weight with me and not on my watch. So when you give in the buckets, when you tithe online, some of that is going to help people around the world because we care about the people outside of us. What's happening to them is important to us. It's driven by honour. We support Joseph's Storehouse, which is a bit like a food bank in, in Israel. What we wanted to do is support a local charity, which is Beacon House, an international charity, which is IJM, and a charity based in Israel. Because God's got a special heart for Israel, so we want to get behind that. And so whether you realize it or not, you're feeding people who are struggling in Israel right now just by giving to the church. Because what's happening to them carries weight with us. It's honor. So you are making a massive difference. And then we also support two children, Mahira and Jose, uh, through compassion. Interesting, we've had this compassion theme today. But we have committed as a church to support those two children until they're 18. You're changing their lives. We write them letters, we pray. You can get more information on that if you want to, but we're paying for their life. Why? Because it's honour. Those kids are important, and so they should be important to us. So you're making a huge, huge difference. So there's local, there's international, there's Israel, and there's individuals. We're ticking lots of boxes. Imagine as we grow what more we could do because of a culture of honour where what happens to people is important. You know, uh, we'll always promote serving in church, and you know, Jesus came to serve. And if we're going to follow Jesus and make important to us what was important to him, we need to be people who serve. So when you serve in a team, what you're doing is just saying, I honor this church. I'm putting weight behind it. And it might be in sound. It might be in children's ministries. It might be in crash. It might be on the host team. It might be in the band. It might be whatever it might be. But I want to encourage you, get in a team, even if it's only once a month. Because what you're doing is saying, I honor the environment. I put my weight behind it. And you might find you get in a team and you get to know some people and it changes your world. But unless you join in, you'll never know. So it, but it's honour. It's driven by what's important to you. How about people who clear up? There are people who come here during the week to hoover up, tidy up, do the toilets, do the kitchens and all those things. Why? Because it's honour. How this place looks when we get together is important to them. It's important to God. And it's driven by honour. One of the things I really want to nail as a group is getting here early. 
Some of you do, and it's awesome. But by getting here early, you're saying what's important to God is important to me. And so when the guest comes in, there's a buzz. There's people chatting. There's someone having a coffee. There's the children running around. It's family, and they walk in. It's like, oh, oh. straight away, first impressions. This is great. I love this. Why? Because you got up, you got here 10 minutes early because of honour to create the buzz, the environment, the, way, the place for God to move. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's linked with honour. It's about, is this important to me or isn't it? Am I carrying it with weight or is it just a light thing that, mm, do you see? It's honour. Let's be good at this stuff. The church is God's chosen tool to reach humanity. It should carry weight. It might not be our chosen tool, but it's his chosen tool. In many uh, aspects, the way we handle our finance and our giving is actually more linked with honour than it is with amounts. You know, if you're new here, please don't feel like... We rarely talk about money in this church. I try to do it once, maybe twice a year, and I'm just going to spend two minutes talking about it because I want to help you. Because there's so much more to do with honour than amounts. And we wrestle with this stuff. In our church, we believe in the tithe. Not everyone does, maybe, but we do. We believe in the tithe. And it's a kingdom principle that was there from the beginning of time. It's not just part of the law. Anyone ever heard, oh, I don't do tithing because it's the law and Jesus set me free from the law. You heard that one? Give me a wave. You heard that one? I know millions of you have. And and I understand that. And it's, it's true. But the first place you'll hear of the tithe is with Abraham and Melchizedek. Turn to the person next and say, Melchizedek. What a cool name. <laughs> Abraham met Melchizedek, and the Bible describes him as a forerunner for Jesus. And when he meets him, his heart is moved. And he says, I've just won a great battle. I'm going to give you a tenth, because the tenth is the king's portion. So I'm going to give it to you. That was 400 years before the law was ever written. Yeah. Abraham wasn't under any law. Abraham was just a man of faith who loved God, who had his heart moved to honour him. No rules, just heart. What was weighty to him, he put his financial weight behind and said, I'm giving you a tenth. It's the king's portion. 400 years later, Moses writes the law. And in the law, he says, we're going to give God a tenth. Do you know why he had to do that? It wasn't that... it, it. It was to do with people's hearts. The men and women had hard hearts. And if he didn't make it a rule, they wouldn't have done it. And Moses knew it was so important because it was linked with honour. And where you honour God, God will honour you. And he wanted to lead a group of people where there was honour. So he made it a rule. Because he believed if I just left it to your heart, you won't do it. So that's where it became the law. It was never supposed to be the law. It was always supposed to be about heart. Do you see? So when people say, oh, it's the law, yes, it was, but that's not where it started. It was put in there because men had hard hearts. The reality is when we're wrestling that now, it's showing something about the condition of our heart. Oh, it's the law. What you're really saying is, I want to be stingy with God. And it's linked with your heart, not with the rules. Do you get it? Where you honour God, God will honour you. Let me unpack that a little bit more. Malachi 3, 10 through 12. This is probably the most famous tithe verse. Is it here? Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, 
and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing there will not be enough room to store it. I really love that second half. I will prevent pests. Oh. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields and not a drop of their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. What this is really saying is, those who honour me, I will honour. When you get your financial weight behind me, just watch what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw open the floodgates of heaven. You love so much, you won't know what to do with it. I'll get my weight behind your finances. That is Malachi 3. Can I take you back to Malachi one, and it's here in verses six through eight. All the nation, a son honors his father. See, here's where honor comes in. A son honors his father and a slave his master. If I am a father, where is the honor due me? If I am a master, where is the respect due me, says the Lord Almighty? It is you priests who show contempt for my name, but you asked, how have we shown contempt for your name? By offering the defiled food on my altar. But you ask, how have we defiled you? By saying that the Lord's table is contemptible. When you offer blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? When you offer uh, sacrifice a lamb or diseased animals, is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you? Says the Lord Almighty. So God is saying... You honour your parents, but where's my honour? And you do make an offering for me, but what you're really doing is giving me the rubbish, the blind animals, the lame animals, the diseased animals. He says, go and give that to your boss and see how he reacts to that. And why do you expect me to react differently? Because there's no honour due me. Can you see how giving to God's more linked with honour and heart than amounts? I want your first and I want your best. And when you bring that to me, I'll open the floodgates of heaven and bless you, says the Lord. Not Barry saying that, Almighty God saying that. And yet we still wrestle with it. Come on, people. I want the weight of heaven behind my life, my family, my finances, my health. And I know it is linked with honor. And so where I honor God with my finances, I can promise you I will never be put to shame. I will always have enough on every occasion to be a blessing because my God not only says it, but I've lived it. And I pray that you'll go on that journey too. Can you see what's at stake here? It's honor. It was never supposed to be part of the law. It had to be part of the law because of men's hearts. But that's not where it started. It started from the father of our faith whose heart was moved with honor. And it's still the same today. Proverbs 3, 9 and, 10, uh, 9 and 10 says this. Honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim, bring o- brim over with new wine. Can you see here? Those who honor me, I will honor. I love it when there's a biblical theme that just goes all the way through. God says it once, it's important. He says it's twice, it's really important. If he keeps saying it, it's like, come on, people. Grab hold of who I am here. And it's linked with honor. When you put your financial weight behind me, just see what I'm going to do for you. You got it? Romans 12.10 says this. (coughs) Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. So we've looked at what honoring God might look like. It's making important to you what's important to him. What does honoring 
people look like. Devote yourselves to one another. Honour yourself, other people above you. We live in a world where unquestionably everyone wants to be number one. Everyone wants to be the top dog. Everyone wants to be at the top looking down. God says, devote yourselves to each other. Lift someone above yourself. It's the complete opposite. But what does that look like in terms of honour? It's, it's the essence of Jesus when he bent down and cleaned their feet and they said, don't do that. And he said, yeah, I want to do this because you're important to me. And if I can do this, what could you do? Now, I love it whenever I arrive on a, on a Sunday, um, various people will look after me. Uh, Lizelle is one of them. Sarah Jane O'Sullivan is one of them. Ray is another one. Within five minutes of me being in the building, they will come up to me and say, do you want a cup of tea? Do you know why they do that? Honour. They know I'm preparing to lead a service. I'm preparing to preach. I've given time to it during the week by honoring you guys to have something of substance to say to you. And when I walk in, they know they can make a little bit of difference to my morning. Do you want a cup of tea? That makes me feel all fuzzy inside. (laughs) I love you guys for it. And it's not about me being top dog number one. I'm the senior pastor, so do whatever I say. That's not it. I'm never that pastor. I hope you don't come across that pastor. It's not how it should be. But you can still honor Making me a cup of tea just makes me feel very special. <laughs> they even know how I like it. They don't have to ask, just in case you want to know it's white and one sugar. <laughs> I'll have about ten lined up at the end of service now. Aren't I? But can you see, what does honour look like in practical terms? Let me ask you this question. Let's imagine you were going to collect someone from the airport and they've been on holiday. What would honour look like in that situation? Would honour look like this? Turning up 15 minutes late. They've been on a six-hour flight. They're tired. They just want to get home. And they're standing there thinking, where are they? There's no honour in that. You're carrying them lightly. I'll get there when I can. Leave early, people. Because of honour, you value them above yourselves. And if it was you in that position, you just want to get home. You've been on that journey. You look forward to the holiday for months, don't you? For months and months and months, so excited about it. You've got the calendar. You're looking at the temperature of where you're going. You're buying the lotions and the shorts to wear on the beach. Can't wait to get there. But on the way home, you just want to get home. And then you get home and someone is there with a smile on their face and say, I've come to get you. It makes you feel important. It's honour. Could we go another level? How about you pay for the petrol? Why? Because you're putting weight behind them. Don't worry about it. I've got this. I want you to feel esteemed. You're important to me. And I can pay 20 quid for the petrol because I love you. It's honour. How about this? Wash the car. (laughs) Why? Because when they get in the car, I want them to feel like I've made the effort. They're important to me. So they don't come around the corner and see some old thing with six months' worth of mud all up the side and you get in and you've got a million packets of McDonald's, <laughs> 25 half-eaten chips and a cheeseburger on the back seat. Why? Because you want them to have the best experience after their holiday and you can do it. And because of honour, you do do it. Do-do. Do you get it? It's motivated by honour. It's making someone else important to you so that their experience is the best one and it's actually in your hands. 
you students won't know, but Trevor, who, who drives the minibus virtually every week, he lives half an hour away in Halstead. So he gets up at the crack of dawn because he wants to be there, and I guarantee you he's there half an hour before you guys arrive. Do you know why? Because he loves you guys. Probably doesn't even know some of you that well, but he honours you. I know that he gets up in the morning and he prays over every seat. Why? Because he wants to believe you're going to sit on that chair and have the best Sunday of your life. It's honour. He could get up at the very last second and stick his foot down and hair to the university, all stressed out, hoping to get there in time. But no, 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 he honours you. So he gets up early. He prays over the seats. He arrives early. So when you get in the van, there's a great atmosphere. For some students who come here for the first ever time, it might be their first impressions of church. The ride in the minibus. <laughs> it's clean. It's been prayed over. It's early. Because he honours you. I wonder what it would look like to honour Trev. Be there early. Get on the bus and give the man a hug. Tell him he's looking good today. <laughs> you can cross your fingers if you want. <laughs> but do you see the point I'm making? Honour makes a difference. And it's sometimes in the details. What does honour look like between husband and wife? Men. We've been doing some marriage courses, uh, preparation courses for some of the guys who are getting married. We've had some great fun chatting it through and some poignant moments. And our, our hope is to set them up for the best first year of their marriage, which we all know can be tricky. But believe it, in these guys are going to have a great time. But do you know your husband or your wife's love language? Is it quality time? Well, can you create some quality time? Is it acts of service? Could you go and do that job, men, that you've been promising to do for six months? Can you put that shelf up? Yeah, I'll get round to it. You don't have to keep reminding me every six months. I've got it. <laughs> you know? How about do it because you're putting weight behind your wife? You know, ladies, I don't know what it is that your husband likes, but how about thinking about it through the eyes of honour so that in your household, honour exists and God can get his weight behind it? What does that look like between parents and children? To give them your undivided attention we're all busy we've all got the computer we've all got the ipad we've all got the devices we've all got stuff we could be doing but how about stop because i value the children so much they deserve some undivided attention it's honor and then you've got husband and wife honoring parents and children honoring you create this environment where honor exists and god's able to move in that environment and you will see a happier home but it's in the details do you see? What does it look like, you know, with students and teachers? Did you do the coursework? Did you do it on time? Did you give it your best? Sorry, I'm really caning you now, aren't I? <laughs> but you see, if you look at all those things through the eyes of honour, it's what are you giving weight to? What are you making important? And are you preferring someone else or is it actually just about you? And you can apply that thought process to every area of your life. But if we could be men and women who live in the context of honour, I believe God can get his weight behind it. Because he says so in his word. And that's just a good place to live. It's, um, 
one of the things we do, one of the things we do here at, at church is we support um, any of the women who have just given birth. For the first two weeks of the baby's life, we get them a meal every single day for the whole family. Give me a wave if you experience that. There'll be some people here, I'm sure, who've had that. Yeah, you look around the room. It makes a difference. Who knows when you just had a baby and you're <laughs> gathering yourself and new situation, how good not to have to think about the food. That someone turns up on your doorstep with a cooked meal to say, we love you guys, enjoy yourself, have a great evening, get out their way, don't take their time up. They don't really want to talk to you, but we give them some food. We're doing it for Pete and Emily right now. Those of you know, they just had twins. So, so cool. And, and they were prim. They were three pounds when they were born, no bigger than your hand. And they weren't allowed to come home until they were four pounds, I believe. I could be getting the figures wrong, but it's something like that. Well, they're home now. And we're going there and we're serving them food. And do you know what? They're a vegan family. So we're making the effort to honour their life choice. And it takes a bit more effort. But you know what? We honour them. Do you get it? It's making them feel important and making their world better just because we can. And it makes a huge, huge difference. Could you start getting this thought process into you? Um, so I, I was on Matt Bill's stag do on Friday. <laughs> Bill's is getting married. <laughs> And we had a great, great time, and I think it was 17, 18 of us, however many it was, and we went out and we played some. There's a, there's, a, there's a bar in London that's got crazy golf in it. Who knew? Great fun. I won, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> crazy. And we just had great, great fun. And, and Sarah messaged me during the day, my wife Sarah, and said, look, I just feel like really want to do something for the children. And, uh, you know, our children are pastor's kids and we're busy and we're often busy when everyone else isn't busy. Evenings and planning and stuff like this and they, they, they struggle with that. Well, they don't struggle with that, but it's difficult in terms of, you know, when most parents are there, we're not there. We've got amazing support from our extended family who always help us and the children know we love them. But Sarah was just like, oh, I just feel like we should do something. So I'm away and so she's gone out and she's, she's bought them gifts and sweets and books and clothes and all this stuff, and she, she then took them out to Nando's. Everyone loves Nando's. Yeah. Apart from the vegans, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he took them to Nando's, and then she, went, she took them to a film, that Fighting with the Family, you've seen it advertised. It's just, they just went to see that, and they had a great time. And the children, Sarah said it was so brilliant because my Josh, who's you know, 14 going on 15, he expresses himself. He went, Mum, oh, Mum, you're an absolute Don. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a Don, Mum. Oh. It's brilliant. But he felt honoured. I'm important to you. You went out of your way and I didn't even ask to make me feel valued. It's honour. So in our household, we do our best to lead by example. Our kids feel honoured. It's important. But I want to help you grasp, honour is a two-way street. Uh, unfortunately, I think some church models honour is a one-way street, where you honour the leaders, and you honour the pastors, and you honour the bishops, but it has to be both ways. Honour is a two-way street. Uh, I love to do it like this. When you look at God, the Trinity... Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they all honour each other. 
See, what happens is you have Jesus walking life, and they say, Jesus, you're amazing. And he says this, I don't do anything unless the Father's doing it. I'm pointing you to him. It's all about the Father. And then you get the transfiguration where Jesus gets raised up along with Moses and Elijah, the law and the prophets, and God lifts him up and says to the people, here is my son, listen to him, it's about him. So you've got the son saying it's about the father, you've got the father saying it's about the son, and as Jesus is about to go, he says, it's best I go, because I'm sending a better one, he's the Holy Spirit, and you will all need him. And then you've got the Holy Spirit coming, and what's he doing? Pointing us to the Father. And so you've got Jesus pointing to the Father, the Father pointing to Jesus, Jesus pointing to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit pointing to both of them. And they're all saying, it's not about me, it's about them. It's honour. It's a three-way street. So it's not about you honouring me because I'm the lead pastor. It's actually about me honouring you and lifting you up and making you important, which is why I take leading a church seriously, because you matter. I give you weight. When I hear you're succeeding, I celebrate. When I hear you're having a difficult time, I get on my knees and pray. And you don't always see it, but it's happening, people, because you're important. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're important. <coughs> Can we have the picture of the equipper's launches, Andy? I'm not sure how well you'll see this, especially with the TV down. It's quite small here, but in 2019, there has already been five Equippers churches launched around the world this calendar year. So you might not be able to see it, but here we have Equippers Budapest here, launched this year. We have Equippers Flensburg in Germany, launched today, actually. It's being launched today, that's happening. We've got Equippers Colchester, Essex, Equippers Essex here. We've got Equippers Accra here. And we've got Equippers Rio de Janeiro here. Equippers is massively going global. Huge. I, I believe there's going to be about another 20 churches by the end of the year. Equippers Church is launched. There was some debate, actually. Um, this is actually an aerial picture of Colchester Town Centre. And there was some concern that compared to the other pictures. But my Sarah put it right. She said, it doesn't matter because we've got the beautiful people. But how exciting. It's not little old church in Colchester, it's Equippers Church Global. And the reason I share that with you is because the heart values we're going to be talking about this month are being talked around all over the world. If you enter any Equippers Church anywhere in the world, they will carry the same heartbeat. And that's why we need to talk about it. Honour will exist in all of these churches. Honour will exist in all the New Zealand churches, in all the German churches. Honour will exist in all the English churches why? Because we know it allows God to move. You are honoured, I'm honoured, God's honoured, and God honours us. Do you remember the start? Ran the 400 metres in 49 seconds all by himself, but when he honoured God, he set a world record. Wouldn't it be great if we were a church of people who genuinely honoured God and suddenly found ourselves doing things we never thought we'd be able to do? Because the weight of heaven is behind you. Do you get it? Can we pray in? Can I pray for you? Would you stand at your feet? <coughs> Let me just invite you to close your eyes, if, if you're willing. Have a moment with the Father. Jesus. Lord, I thank you for all these amazing people. All of us different. All of us different history. 
all of us different dreams and gifts, but all of us so valuable to you. You honour us. Lord, I pray you'd shift something in all of our hearts right now in terms of this honour concept. Let us be people that grow in it. Let us be people that use it as a lens on how we see other people. Help us to use it as a lens on how we see church, that we put our weight behind it because it's weighty to you. But Lord, along with these great people, I just call on your word and your truth that as we honour you, you would indeed honour us. And there will be story after story after story in this group of people where you honour us and we get a testimony to say, my God loves me. Thank you that you are committed to setting us free from the things that are binding us. It's linked with honour. We're important to you. Lord, I pray for marriages represented in this room. And I speak the word honour over those relationships in Jesus' name. Come on, men. Honour your wife. Come on, wives. Honour your husbands. Work at it. Talk about it. Create an environment in your home where honour flows. Could we honour our children and teach them how to honour? Could we honour our bosses and our teachers? If you're a teacher or a boss, could we honour those we oversee? Let us be people that don't just know about it, but live it in Jesus' name. I always like to give an opportunity to respond. So as every eye is closed here, I just want to give you an opportunity. Are you someone here who says, do you know what? I haven't been honouring Jesus in my life. And today I want to make a stand and make a declaration that I honour you today. That I want you central and I want the weight of heaven behind my life. Just with every eye closed, if that's you today, give me a wave because I'm going to pray with you. God bless you. Just there on the right-hand side. There's two of you there on the right-hand side. Anyone else? Another one near the back. One over here on the left-hand side. So, so good. Come on, church. Let's get right with Jesus. It's an honor thing. Come on, we're going to pray. I'm going to pray a line. Church, you pray the line together after me. I can see at least three people making this important right now. Heaven is celebrating. Come on, church, let's pray. Father God, I honor you. I put my weight behind you. And I know that you will put your weight behind me. Jesus, be the center of it all. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my friend. Today's a new day. And we celebrate. And all God's people said, Amen. Should we go out on some praise?